Well, hey there, and welcome back to Fire and Soul, the space to deepen your inner awakening and activate your highest expression. I am so glad that you are here today because today's guest, Dr. Christiane Northrup, many of you are probably familiar with her. And if you aren't, I'll, I'll definitely give a bit of context in a moment, but she is the epitome of activating her highest expression no matter what. I mean, the courage that she has cultivated since she was just a little girl, and you'll hear all about that story very shortly to, uh, to speak truth and to stand in that truth, no matter what it has, uh, inspired me. And I'm sure inspired you if you are familiar with her work for most of our lives. And so to have her here sharing at this season on her journey is such a gift. But before we go there, I also want to speak a word into the gratitude and the celebration that I feel for those of you who are finding fire and soul. We are growing a lot right now. And so if you're brand new to the podcast, I want to say welcome. If you are newer on your path of awakening, I do want to leave some words that uh I actually wish I would have heard, but I didn't know what I was going through, but perhaps you do because there are so many more that are at this time, but it's to trust the clarity will come. Whew. I felt into that when I was going through like the steepest, you know, most gnarly parts of mine, which by the way, continue to show up just in different ways. But now I'm more familiar with the delaying, uh, is that the correct term? <laughs> the shedding of the layers and the labels and the identities and the, the, the dismantling and untangling and deconstructing and, and all the things that I'm sure that you are feeling as well. It's dense. And so we just slowly but surely allow ourselves to get really still and quiet and present. And we peel back those layers and we can start to see, you know, the tiny threads as they connect to maybe a root. And we're like, oh, wow, that's there. And oh gosh, as the more that I'm willing to look at it and not, not try to escape it, I can see maybe where it began. And it was a long, long time ago in my childhood. And well, maybe I even came in a little loaded from past lives, or this is just where I'll go, right? Because I like to speak about our multidimensionality in here. And, and I definitely believe that this is not our first time at the rodeo. I mean, there are, I guess, a select few, uh, star seeds, <laughs> uh, the indigo children, and other terms like that, where they are here to help us. And that's the other thing that I want to share about before we open up into this amazing deep dive with uh, Dr. Northrup. And it's that this time is a catalyst for humanity. This time is here to grow us into moving more fully into our hearts. So this is an opportunity, this ascension, the grounding happens through our bodies and the access point is the unconditional love in our hearts first for self and then for other. And it's not always easy and I'm not always there every day, but I'm there more now than ever and it's because I can get to the root of the root of the root when I am willing to see, right? And I'm no longer numbing out of what wants to be loved, healed and restored to oneness, so I didn't expect to actually say all that right now, but it needed to come through, I guess. And so maybe that landed in a way that you needed it. I just, I just love us and I love you. And I'm so grateful that we are walking this path in this way together. And another way to deepen into that journey, if you feel called, is my next Soul Essence Retreat is open for enrollment. There's just a handful of seats left because I opened it up to my private clients and those that I work with in group scenarios. 
This is the Soul Essence Retreat happening in April. The exact dates are April 19th through the 21st. So it's three nights, four days in a beautiful property on a hundred acres of just nothing but lush grounds and mountains. And uh, Ojai is a spiritual vortex and the property is a luxury farmhouse. I mean, wait until you see these images and I'm going to encourage you to check it out. But we just ran our last one a little less than a month ago in Malibu. And the feedback that you'll see reflected in the testimonials on the page may just compel you to say, you know what, this is what I need. This is what I want. And it's what I'm worthy of. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to take care of myself in this way. Not to mention everyone that comes to these retreats, this will be my fourth one in a year and a few months. They all listen to fire and soul. So this is your, your expanded community with other women, just like you and on the path of awakening. The essence of the soul essence retreat is to take us back into our childlike wonder and awe right? And to access your divine gifts and then to weave that into our adult lives to create and activate our highest expression. So it's, it's the embodiment of the fire and soul podcast in action in, in so many beautiful ways. <laughs> so if this piques your curiosity, I encourage you to head on over to michelle-sorrow.com forward slash soul essence retreat. All right. Today's guest. Oh, what a gift. You you know, not going to lie, she is uh, very used to taking many, many stages, has been for many decades. And so if you ask her a question, she'll just run with it. And I love that she did because I heard things about her background and her childhood and her, her whole story that brought her to present day that really speaks to how it's just so clear and obvious that she was put on the planet at this time to speak the truth that she does. And I just got the full body divine tingles. As I said that she has been hammered. She has been canceled. She has been censored everywhere. I mean, who she is and the strength that she has cultivated to stand so firm in her truth and to be so bold and brave about it. She really has been a true warrior for me and I know millions around the world. And so it's a real gift to get to sit with her in this way. And we go there and we go there and we go there. <laughs> uh, it's called Uncensored Truth, Angels and Aliens for a Reason. So if you are not as familiar with Dr. Christiane Northrup, I do want to give you just a little bit on her, but I'll, I'll leave the resources and where you can learn a lot more, including tune into her podcast or check out her website and all the things. She is a leading authority in the field of women's health and wellness and has been for decades. She's a multiple times over New York Times, number one, New York Times bestselling author, host of the True North podcast, community leader, and an awakening warrior against the global onslaught of injustice. Justice. This is the esteemed Dr. Christiane Northrup. And today it's basically uh, her sharing uh, her point of view of how she got here, how she found Christianity in a deep resonance, um, what she's uh, understanding about exopolitics and the world of the Galactic Federation and how everything that's happening on planet Earth is directly reflected and how it may impact what's happening in the other realms that are non-earthly. 
and some level for some of you, this may, uh, this may be an invitation to expand your current perception or perspective of reality. For others, this is going to feel like home. This is right up your alley. But either way, I just, my wish is that this, this episode leaves you with a strong sense of hope along with that uh, energetic focus to um, rest in the freedom to live and love as granted by our divine birthright as sovereign brothers and sisters of planet earth. Some of the topics that we dive into, definitely her backstory, hearing her awakening origin story and how she started to see through the medical system and, and even the education system and, and connect those dots from family and, and all of her own experiences to be here now. Definitely. Uh, we talk about frequency, exopolitics, angels, of course, aliens, uh, the royalty in our DNA and so much more. This was a really fun and fascinating conversation. And, uh, I may not agree with everything that she shared, but it definitely, uh, was an interesting cosmic ride. And I'm just so grateful that I had the time to sit down with one of the most sought after leaders in the space, uh, that we all find ourselves in. So without further ado, please do enjoy in uncensored truth, angels and aliens with Dr. Christiane Northrup. goodness, Dr. Christiane Northrup. I am so thrilled to have you. And because you gave me permission before I hit record, I may call you Angel Christie, according to the angels in Belinda Womack, or just Chris. Welcome right. to Fire and Soul. Oh, it's fun to be here, especially uh, with a like-minded soul holding it down in the uh, in the LA area. I mean, that's how I know you. you must be a total beacon of light to do that. Oh, I appreciate that because I've definitely heard you talk about, oh, and they're in LA. Oh my goodness. Right. It does feel a little apocalyptic until you do the deep work. Yeah, and so true. as, as I was sharing with you, you know, my guidance, when I was on this adventure of where will I move? And I, you know, I even put deposits down in multiple States and hired <laughs> the movers and, and, uh, but I just kept being told you will know when, and if it's time to move anywhere, when, and if it's time to move anywhere, I will eventually is, is the sense that I have but I'm in the mountains. I'm 10 minutes from the beach in Malibu. Like I am one with nature, which is the way that I keep my state optimized. So I want to just dive right in because we have so much that we can, we can really open up. And my listeners are wide awake, brave and bright souls, just like you, but many of them may not be familiar with the origin story of your own awakening. So I'd love to start there. And then we're going to bring a holistic conversation to really help everyone feel as grounded as I feel. And as I know you are in Maine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, um, everything really started with uh, my father and mother. My dad was a dentist in between an MD brother and sister. So he's the middle child. And they made fun of him because he was not a real doctor, but I he would it. say things like, you can tell the state of a person's health by looking in their mouth, mm -hmm. which is the center of the personality. And if you think it's somewhere else, you tell me where. And he said, it's uh, why they don't, why you hate dentists poking around in there. He was in a mass unit during World War II, served in uh, North Africa and Italy, and described it as one of the best things that ever happened to him because he 
was out in the world. He was born on his mother's couch in the little town of Ellicottville, New York on Elk Street, where my brothers still live and where I just visited. And um, he's in the same house where I grew up and there's the family farm there and all of that. Wow. And he was, his parents were the first two who ever graduated from high school in that town. And my great, great grandfather went out there with the Holland Land Company way back to build the town. And we just mm -hmm. found the deed on one of the buildings on Main Street. Mm -hmm. Now, he believed my dad on his bedside table was Weston Price's book about Western diseases and disintegration. And so I would, grew up with all these pictures of beautiful people who within one generation of a Western diet, a Western refined sugar diet, their teeth uh, got all rotten and, and all of the rest of it. So Weston Price went all over the world studying native populations and what happened to them after their diet was disintegrated. Mm. And so I grew up on Adele Davis, organic food. Uh, we had a compost pile. Um, and also, we were not afraid of germs. Yes. So my father, if you dropped your food on the lawn, he'd say, you can eat it. He said, let the earth pass through you, and then you will be immune to everything. So there was no fear of germs. There was no fear of contagion, uh, none of that. And our doctor was my uncle Robert. Mm -hmm. I called him the great white doctor. And, you know, he always thought that he knew everything. Once he was looking in my brother's ear and my brother said, what do you see? And my uncle, true to form, says, what medical school did you go to? Mm -hmm. Like, you can't possibly know your body unless you are an MD. All right. Anyhow, my brother was born. Um, no, my sister was born. I named her. I was five years old. Her name was Bonnie, Bonnie Laurie. Mm. She wouldn't eat. And after six months, she was hospitalized. We never knew what the cause was, except my mother was given daily streptomycin antibiotic for viral pneumonia mm. and the whole pregnancy. I We even went to Fort mm. Lauderdale, Florida, you know, taking the cure so it, it would be warmer. And the baby died in a pool of her own vomit in the time when you could only look in a little window to see your baby. Uh. And then my brother Bill was born. And he would eat and he had projectile vomiting and it wasn't pyloric stenosis and nobody know, knew what it was. And one day, so he's in the hospital being um, tube fed. A nurse comes up to my mother. This would never happen now. And she says, Mrs. Northrup, if I were you, I would get him out of here. The doctors do not know what's wrong with him. Mm. And at that point, because my dad had done facial surgery during the war. He knew he could put down a nasogastric tube and they could tube feed him and all that. So they signed him out against medical advice. And they, here's what they figured. If he's gonna die, he will die at home, surrounded by his family, instead of let's go back and have a baby die alone in a pool of vomit. How about we not do that? Mm -hmm. So I grew up, I was eight by that time, holding up this test tube of formula I never saw my brother without adhesive tape and a tube mm -hmm. until he was a year old. Mm -hmm. At a year old, he weighed 10 pounds. Uh, and uh, my parents were trying everything mm -hmm. 
And finally, they found a, a doctor at Women's Medical. Dr. Crump was her name. And she was a pioneer in pediatric endoscopy, meaning she could look down uh, and see what was going on with the GI system. The doctors at Buffalo Children said they had done that. They hadn't, of course. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, she said, his esophagus is so eroded that if you don't take that tube out, it will rupture and he'll die of an infection here in the mm -hmm. mediastinum. Mm -hmm. So they took that out and the doctor and the doctor said, let's mm -hmm. wait and see what happens. Mm. imagine that let's just wait and see what he does and within two days he was drinking they gave him orange juice um, which is totally stupid because that's very acid but he'd drink scream drink scream and um my brother brought it my mother brings him home on the plane i'll never forget it we all go to the airport to meet her mm. he doesn't have adhesive tape on his mm. face first time i've ever seen him that way mm. and he's eating a roll and we all just burst into tears. Uh -huh. Remember, he weighed 10 pounds yeah. and he was also smiling and funny. And <laughs> told my mother that he was mentally defective. Uh -huh. Then, okay, then imagine, because this is how karma works. <laughs> interviewing at the University of Buffalo Medical School years later. Yes. I didn't go there. I went to Dartmouth, but I was interviewing and it was Dr. Green. Uh -huh. He had been my brother's attending physician. Whoa. Yeah, but what are the chances, right? And he says, you're not one of those Ellicottville Northrop's, are you? <laughs> you know, and you knew, you knew that he thought I was going to say, oh, yeah, I'm really sorry about that. You know, my brother was mentally defective and he's dead. Mm. Uh, no, no, it was, okay. Mm. He's uh, 16 years old and thriving. No thanks to you. You so said that? Uh, no. Oh, well, you meant to. It was in the I inside. Yeah. So <laughs> then you went today. I, remember, I decided to go to medical school. I was a biology major. I, I like two things, um, music, the harp, and biology. So I went to Case Western Reserve in Cleveland because my harp teacher was there with the Cleveland Orchestra, but they also had amazing pre-med. I was not pre-med. I watched my aunt and uncle, and I thought, that is the dumbest lifestyle I've ever seen. They had to leave every Thanksgiving and every Christ, you know, Christmas dinner. So I said, I'm never doing that. Mm -hmm. uh, so I majored in biology and applied music. Then I get out of there and I had some scholarships and I was burnt out and all of that. And I called my advisor to write a letter for me to become a biology teacher, to get into a master's program to become a biology teacher. He says to me, Chris, that's like a thoroughbred running a junk horse race. Why don't you go to medical school? And mm -hmm. I thought, all right, I'll go to medical school. I'll never practice, <laughs> but I'll go. All right. So then I apply and it was it was an interesting time because things were shifting. Mm -hmm. You know, this was right after uh, Kent State and at my college, you know, the, someone was over at the Science Center calling for a killing or a shooting. Believe me, we're at it. We've come full circle. Yes. Vietnam War, all of that stuff. Uh, people throwing stones at the horses of the police in Euclid Avenue. Uh, insane. I mean, the world had gone insane if you were in college then. But anyway, so got over it, uh, applied to medical school. My my uh, class was 50% women, which was unheard of. Yeah. unheard of. But women were just beginning to go in to the professions because mm -hmm. the doors had opened. See, back in 1980, 
my mother um, couldn't get a loan in her own name. Mm. Uh, you know, after my dad died, she was 52. So there was, you know, all these things that people forgot mm -hmm. why we had a women's movement. Now, mm -hmm. the women's movement overshot. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, if you're yeah. majoring in gender studies and you hate men, you missed it. Exactly. Um, yeah. But, but still. Okay. So then I go to medical school. I see a baby born. I just about fell mm. to my knees with, I was so glad I had a mask on. It was like pain-filled joy, joy-filled pain. Mm. And from that moment on, that was it. I had to do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, so then I met my uh, then husband. He was my surgical intern. And the two of us moved to Boston. I did my OBGYN residency at Tufts New England Medical Center. He did his orthopedic residency. And then we I finally moved to Maine, where they had a summer house down the road from George W. Bush at Walker's Point. Mm -hmm. And um, and you know, then we we sort of went to the private practice and all the rest of it. And then right around then, I met mm -hmm. someone from David Getson, who was with the American Holistic Medical Association. Mm -hmm. And in the end of my residency, my cousin called me. I'm healing my fibroids with a macrobiotic diet. Wow. All I've learned to do is do a hysterectomy. Yeah. So I meet with Michio Kushi and mm -hmm. I began to sit with him during his consultations. Now, remember, I had a history of growing up with organic food and my aunt and uncle, the great white doctors, yes. making fun of us for the nutrition and the, for the food. My aunt Harriet gave me a mm -hmm. book called The Nuts Among the Berries before I went <laughs> medical school. You know, my mother spiked our orange juice with vitamin C. I mean, you know, my parents jogged and did yoga like way back in the 60s. Um, so it was like, okay. And watching Micho do these consultations using what was called oriental medicine, facial diagnosis, all of that stuff. I watched people who came in with medical charts, you know, that thick, they needed a shopping cart to bring them in. And, uh, and many of them got well, just from a change in diet mm. with a macrobiotic diet. And I thought, okay, there's something to this. And I'd already grown up with whole food and all of that. Mm -hmm. So then the macrobiotic community in Boston started to come to see me because I didn't make fun of them and I knew what they were doing. And so mm -hmm. I developed this whole practice. And then at the same time, I had Louise Hayes' little blue book, The Mental Causes of Physical Disease. And I keep it in my drawer. Mm. And when I thought that a woman was open to it, I'd bring it out and we would read what the uh, belief was and then how to shift it mm. with an affirmation. Mm -hmm. So all during the 80s, early 90s, then I joined the board of the American Holistic Medical Association. I met um, Gladys McGarry, who just revised her book called Living Medicine. Gladys is now 102. Yeah. And uh, then I was uh, president with Bernie Siegel in the mm. 90s, uh, Love Medicine and Miracles. Mm. So that kind of saved me. But I always loved my profession and my colleagues. I just said, I'm just, I'm bringing in the missing pieces, the mind, body, and all of that. Mm -hmm. So when I uh, first, 
I began to write for what was called Natural Health back then. First, it was East West Journal. Then it became Natural Health. I was on the cover of East West Journal with my daughter, Anne, who you just met when she was a baby. And I said to them, please do not publish that until I've passed my board certification. Like I've always known I was walking a thin line because the uh, the road is littered with mm-hmm. doctors who knew how to cure all kinds of stuff naturally, yep. but they get killed or or whatever it is. That's right. So um, by about uh, 92, I had become kind of the queen of PMS, um, premenstrual syndrome. And I knew that it was a lifestyle illness, but I saw more than that. I saw mm-hmm. that every case that I had was someone who was an adult child of an alcoholic. And she would do all of the stuff I told her. She'd get better for about three months and then couldn't sustain it. And the reason was that kind of childhood growing up with uh, childhood trauma. Right around then, the ACE study came out, the Adverse Childhood Experiences Study done in San Diego County in California by Vincent um, Felitti. And he got the idea in the weight loss clinic. And he heard an 18-year-old saying, overweight is overlooked. And that's exactly what I need to be. Because he would notice people would start to lose weight. And then they would gain it all back quickly. And this woman had been raped. And she Mm -hmm. gained 100 pounds in the year afterward to protect herself. So Felitti then did a survey. And he found out that over 50% of middle-class white people in San Diego County, over 50% of them, had one or more adverse childhood experiences. Mm. So that was done at a Kaiser group. And I have a, a good friend, a doctor, who was at a Kaiser group. And I said, so what's Kaiser doing with, with that data showing that it's dose dependent. The more adverse childhood experiences mm. you have, mm. the more drugs you're on, the mm. more emergency visits, and the higher the premature mortality. Mm. And I said, so what, what are they doing with that? Nothing. Because mm-hmm. it's not the paradigm. So I knew all well, this. Also, there's no money in actually having a solution or a cure. Right. No, no there's no money whatsoever. Well, right around then, I wrote an article called um, honoring our bodies for an obsolete publication out of Cambridge, the people's Mm. Republic of Cambridge, Massachusetts. (laughs) Um, and it was for woman of power Mm. where I put forth Mm. my treatise and the treatise was this Mm. in a culture where that, which is feminine has been degraded in Mm. patriarchy with the 9 million women burned as witches and all that. I in, was one. You were one, yes. Yeah, in this culture, this these are the messages the body give, gives to speak of the distress and to bring it to our attention. And you know, that's like one in three gets raped. Uh, you know, forty percent have. Uh, you know, and I just listed the day to day life of a gynecologist. Mm-hmm. And so, this is the language mm-hmm. our bodies use to bring this wounding. Mm. to our attention. Mm. Then uh, I'm standing at my bedside on a Friday morning in about, oh, I forget when it was, maybe uh, 1990 or maybe before. 
And I say from uh, Francis Scoville Shin, The Game of Life and How to Play It, infinite spirit, give me a sign. Show me the next best use of my gifts and talents. Mm -hmm. I got a call from a literary agent within two hours who I had okay. met at Omega, the Omega Institute. And he said, it's time you wrote a book. Ah. And so that was the beginning of women's bodies, women's wisdom, where I labored, I labored to create a language mm. of women's health. We did not have a language of women's health. We have a language of women's disease. Yes. It's a disease screening, keep coming back. We haven't found it, but we will, you know, but da 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 da. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, mammograms and pap smears and mm -hmm. everything that scares women to death who are not taught the magic mm. of their creativity cycle with the ovaries and, and all of the rest of it. So that led to women's bodies, women's wisdom. Now, this is interesting. When I was on the cover of East West Journal, finally, that was published. And I called the food co-op and I said, tell me when that is coming in, because I want to make sure that I come down and buy every copy so that no doctor in Portland, Maine ever sees it. Which, and and that's exactly what happened. I went yeah, and bought this copy. Is the internet, right? Like you were safe. <laughs> hey, there wasn't any internet, and I'd get phone calls on labor and delivery at Maine Medical Center with yeah. doctors from all over the place calling me. You know, all of the rest of it. But I wanted to be sure my colleagues never saw it. Well, as you might imagine, when Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom comes out with Random House Bantam, it's like. I couldn't stop it. So I was, I would wake up in the middle of the night, mm. terrified that mm. someone was in the house that was going to kill me. Wow. Yeah. So I had to walk through fire and I've also been sued eight times. So, you know, when, when COVID came up, it's like, what else you got? I mean, I've already. <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've heard already you actually say that when you were on the cover, along with 11 other colleagues who were speaking truth, as you know, the spreaders of disinformation. disinformation. We, we were the disinformation dozen. This claim to fame ever. Yeah, yeah. I remember when that happened. And because Dr. McCullough has been on this show as well. And, um, and it was terrifying to witness. But at the same time, we, humanity who was awake and could see it, uh, we held on to people like you for some sense of groundedness, for uh, hope, for inspiration, for like, okay, okay, okay. You know, if, if they're still alive, then I can do my little life, right? <laughs> and look at what you seemingly lost. And then I, I want to really paint a picture um, just to really honor that moment when you were looking in the mirror and you said, great spirit, you know, please use me for my greatest gifts and talents at this point in my life. I'm paraphrasing. And it didn't necessarily look as pretty as maybe you would have thought, right? You go through like all of that, uh, you know, the people casting the shame and getting canceled and all of that way early on. But yet now look at where you are, a true leader and pioneer in this medical freedom movement and so much more awakening humanity to the truth of who we really are. So I just want to thank you and, and honor you. And also thank you for honoring your ancestors and for your family lineage, because this is an important part of, of who we are right now and really taking a look, cleaning up, honoring, right? All of that. It's all a part of what brought us to this moment. And so yeah. even knowing that you went back to your childhood home just a few days ago and found the deed and all of that is so potently rich for your story that you share. Yes. 
Hey there, a gentle interruption with a really special invitation for you. This is a beautiful bundle exclusive to the Fire and Soul community straight from the 12 Archangels and through Belinda Womack's Spiritual School of Evolution. It's called Wealth, Recreation, and Inner Worth Transformation with the 12 Archangels as well as their guide to creating a new financial reality. If you've experienced yourself in this loop of the financial struggle and stress and lack and scarcity, and you're ready to get out of it and get into alignment with the vibrational set point of true wealth and abundance from within so that you can experience it without, this is the program for you. And by the way, it's so much more than a course or a program. This is an experience. This is a transmission that you will feel activated by just like I did when I was going through it immediately. And I experienced instant results, yes, in the way of money and also just an overall sense of well-being deep within my soul. And I want you to experience the same. And I'm super stoked that we've been given an exclusive killer discount just for Fire and Soul community at more than 50% off. So you can pick this up for 97 bucks instead of the $222 that it would normally retail for. Give yourself this gift, get out of that trap and get back into alignment directly from source. If this has piqued your curiosity at all, I'm going to highly encourage you to head on over to my website to enroll today. michelle-sorrow.com forward slash true wealth. Enjoy. Here's the thing. And so let me be really clear on this one. Mm -hmm. Because I had a mother and father who completely were behind me Mm -hmm. in my holistic approach. I didn't need everyone else in the world to accept me. We all need a first chakra, which is wired in by our sense of safety and security and our sense of belonging. I had that in spades because I watched my father having his sister make fun of him and all that. And he would just laugh it off. Mm. I mean, he, he was... He loved his profession. He was a member of the gold foil operators. That's, you know, he loved dentistry. He loved the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So he was a a kind of a beacon of mm-hmm. you might have some different ideas, but at the end of the day, we have more in common than not. Now, yeah. also, the other thing that happened to me early on is by the age of 12, I had discovered Edgar Casey. So I'm reading everything by Edgar Casey. I'm reading Flower Newhouse from the Christ Word Ministry about angels and divas. Mm-hmm. And I began to have breakfast regularly with a woman named Gretchen Carroll. And mm-hmm. she became a spiritual mentor. Mm-hmm. And then in college, just the end of college, I learned uh, transcendental meditation and went and studied with uh, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi wow. in a baseball uh, cage, it's called, this big building at uh, University of Massachusetts and uh, talked my parents into bringing my harp up there so that I could play for Maharishi. Wow. Now, what's interesting is I've done the the, the full circle and uh, I'm going to be baptized in our church in September mm. uh, because I feel the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in, in, in a different way. And I've been to a monastery in Thailand and all of that. And that's not my vibe. It's mm-hmm. I've tried. God knows I tried. In fact, this is funny. <laughs> so when I heard meditation, mm-hmm. 
Maharishi and the teacher said, if you meditate twice a day for 20 minutes, you know, with your mantra, in seven years, you will be in cosmic consciousness. Okay, so I did it. I never missed a meditation. I've, I've got like a lot of discipline. And uh, I, I woke up at the end of seven years. I'm an OBGYN resident and I've got a beeper. And every time I would get into a deep meditation, the beeper would go off and I had to run down the hall and do some emergency. And I remember saying, all right, all right, I'm not in cosmic consciousness. And mm -hmm. I happen to know that going from a deep, relaxed state into screech down the hall mm -hmm. for someone bleeding to death is not healthy. So at that point, you know, I can get into that state, but I no longer, you know, need to meditate twice a day for any particular reason, because I was doing it for the wrong reason. I mean, you know, chasing an end result instead of being in the moment, which is the yes. only moment we have. Oh, you're speaking the love language of fire and soul. I We talk about it all the time here. Like if you want to be in the full totality of your God-given power, then get present, right? There's no future to be afraid of. There's no past to have guilt and shame around. It's like everything in this moment, we can breathe. That's a big message that you share again and again, and again on True North Podcast, which by the way, brilliant title. So good. <laughs> um, I love it. I'm obsessed. And I was like, ooh, on your Telegram channel, I was missing your audios, you know? Yeah. Like give us, you know, whatever was up for the day. And then when, when I saw that it hadn't been there a while, I was like, it's somewhere. It's like, oh, <laughs> pay for it. 10 bucks a month. No problem. <laughs> oh, it's one message and you deliver every day, basically like one message is worth that nominal sum. So, um, yeah, thank you for reminding us yet again of the truth of who we are, which is our divinity. I am though curious, um, how does your relationship with the church or let's say the teachings of the Bible or Jesus, how does that relate to so much of your multidimensional awareness of who you are and your fascination and resonance with exopolitics, which we're going to get there in a moment. But how has that informed what is now empowering you, inspiring you, maybe inviting, calling, demanding you into the baptism and just that, that that is your truth? You know, what happened is I went out to, in, in April of 2021, I was invited by Clay Clark to come out to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I remember watching. To be part of the Reawaken America tour. Yes. I had never met Christians like this. Not mm. ever. Not ever. I, I, you know, and there were 5,000 people there. Remember, this was a time everyone's locked down. Everyone's scared to death yes. in the rest of the world, particularly the East and West Coast. And I'm off a plane in Tulsa. And here are these people coming up to me saying, can I pray for you? Mm. And they put their hands on me and pray for me. And I felt it. I just would feel like crying. Yeah. And I said, oh, this is how you pray. Now, I grew up Episcopalian. And I don't know if you've ever heard Tucker Carlson talk about being Episcopalian, yes. but it's hilarious. Yes, okay. it is. We all know that church started so that Henry VIII could get married again. All right. <laughs> so... But I played the organ in that church, you know, and I and I liked the whole ritual of it. Mm -hmm. um, but this was people of real faith. Mm. And but over and so I, I got to know them. And then I discovered a church in South Portland, Maine, where here's what they said. They said, this is uh, the last thing we want to see happen here 
is for you to get religious. We want you to have a personal relationship with God. Yes. And that's you sitting in a chair, having a personal relationship with God. Well, Mm -hmm. that went along with everything I'd ever believed. I've worked with uh, Dr. Robert Fritchie, World Service Institute. You can heal anything with divine love, God's love. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I thought, this is great. Then I discovered praise music, this Christian music that is just (laughs) Oh my God. So I go there, you know, and I sing and I do the whole thing. Then I watched the movie, The Christian Revolution in Pirate's Cove out there in California. And I thought symbolic. Now, a year ago, I would no more have wanted to get baptized because I didn't didn't feel it yet. I didn't feel it. it. It wasn't really my path. And if I had done it, I would be doing it to somehow virtue signal to the Christians. Yes. Many of whom have beliefs that I just don't get down with at all. Like here's one. Every extraterrestrial is a demon. Right. True. Not not true at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I go there, uh, our pastor is a former merchant marine who went mm-hmm. to Maine Maritime Academy and knows how to fix everything. And he's from Aroostook County where they grow potatoes up in Northern Maine. So we're talking so grounded. So here's the way I see it. There's enough in the Bible that is true and resonates. Mm-hmm. And so even though I recently found out from uh, Karina and also this guy, um, Moro Biglino, Moro Biglino, that's this guy. All right. The naked Bible. Ooh, The naked I- Bible. This guy was the official translator of the sacred text at the Vatican. So this guy knows what he's talking about. So Mm -hmm. he basically is telling you, there's a lot of stuff, if you go back to the original, that isn't like what you think. Mm -hmm. And Cliff High talks Mm -hmm. about the space aliens and the the El, the Elohim were ETs. Those were extraterrestrials. And then uh, Karina, the pastor, the Christian person says, what kind of God, if God is love, mm. what kind of God of the Old Testament would tell you that you needed to sacrifice your firstborn son to prove your love? Right. What kind of God is that? Mm. And so, you know, I question it. What I don't question is what I feel in community with a bunch of good people mm-hmm. singing and and watching watching people give their lives to Jesus, which mm-hmm. to me means giving their life to the frequency of love. Yeah, it's beautiful. Giving their life to that frequency. That I can do. Fundamentalism, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't, yeah. don't even start with me on that one. Yeah. You know, we have, I have uh, one of my Jewish friends, Jewish doctor, she got baptized. She went, she she nearly died of COVID, mm-hmm. which is a bioweapon. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of her, I mean, her kidneys were shutting down and she just heard a voice that said, you got to call on Jesus. Mm-hmm. So she gets a crucifix put around her neck, a cross and mm-hmm. starts to get better. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, you should come to the church. She and her son got baptized. I mean, it's just, there. It, there's none of that awful judgment. Mm-hmm. I have found that a lot of Christians are 
very judgmental, but here's the beauty of, of Maine. Only because they're afraid. That's the only reason. That's why all it is. They're just afraid. They have been indoctrinated exactly to be afraid, to be so full of fear, which is what we're seeing play out in the world right now. Yeah. It's the playbook. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Yes. No, no, no. But you know, that's what, that's what I see. And I don't, I don't see that fear. In fact, our, um, I gave a, a lecture to our pastors. I said, well, you know, you, you, you better know what Satan's doing right right about now with the shots and the this and the that and the other. And I went in and gave them my my presentation and they were grateful. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing. It wasn't like, you know, Franklin Graham, I'm calling him out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Franklin Graham's son took a shitload of money to uh to tell everyone they needed the shot if jesus mm -hmm. were alive today he would have taken the shot it's like wow you're i know kidding I've me, right didn't you raise lazarus from the dead after four days i don't think you needed a shot to do that mm -hmm. i mean so to me the mm -hmm. historical figure of jesus of yeshua mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. to demonstrate to humans mm -hmm. who we can be Mm. who we are supposed to be. Mm. We are capable of being. Yes. All right. I have a question for you only because uh, it just is coming through. So I'm going to ask it. Maybe it's what many of my listeners are curious about, you know, is where you are in your awareness and your connection with Holy Spirit and Christ consciousness and Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Is it also the same that if you don't accept him into your heart, right? And choose that as your way that you don't make it through this time. No. <laughs> okay. Right. So, so those are the old rules. Okay. Cause I just got schooled literally at the dog park two weeks ago, where this woman just asked me what my belief of God was. And I shared very openly and, and she schooled me, you know, and it was like, whoa, like, oh, yeah, this is okay. great You're... friends. This, yeah, but I got it. I, I had so much compassion for her, but I also realized that our compassion and our empathy can be weaponized. So, so all that said, we need to ask the question so that we don't assume. So I'm so glad that I did ask. So I'm curious what though your response is. Okay. Mm. Remember when I learned TM, Transcendental Meditation? Yes. And then I was having these breakfasts with Gretchen, who had been yeah. to Christ Word Ministries. Yeah. And I told her about meditation. And that ended the relationship because she said, in the Bible, it says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No one comes to the Father except through me. Yeah. So she dismissed meditation. Mm -hmm. She dismissed all of Hinduism. Mm -hmm. She dismissed all of it. Mm -hmm. And went back to this fundamental thing, which I will never buy mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. I won't be schooling anyone. It it comes from fear. Yes, it's fundamentalism. Control. I I, can, yes. I cannot do it. Mm -hmm. I will not do it. Mm -hmm. And I've been schooled too. Mm -hmm. Believe me, I I have people who are on my Substack mm -hmm. who are. But what I realize, if you're a Christian like that and you were brought up in it, mm -hmm. again, it's fear. That's their anchor. That's mm -hmm. their rock. Same with Western medicine. Yeah. What What do you mean you don't get a mammogram? Yeah. What do you mean you're not up to date on your adult shots? Mm -hmm. What do you mean you don't get a yearly physical? What do you mean? Because that is, by the way, modern medicine is the church 
of the modern age. Did you see Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, saying, I wear my vaccination necklace. You mm. should all be vac. You should have your vaccination necklace, the same that someone has uh, a cross. Yeah. It's it, this has become a religion in a group, particularly mm -hmm. the East Coast intelligentsia, Ivy League, World Economic Forum. Mm -hmm. You know, the whole coast of Maine is crawling with them. Um, they have no faith except mm -hmm. in that. Now, when I was on a podcast with Elena Denon yesterday and Danny Henderson. I love her. Yes. Yeah. And Elena says, each of us is a fractal mm. of God. Mm. And it's an inside job. Yes. It's an inside job. Oh, beautifully put. Thank you for that. Um, you know, uh, I haven't ever shared this on the show, but it is a true thing. Uh, Jesus comes to me all the time. I'm, and for me, living in L.A., we're the opposite of there, um, you know, in the upper East, right? Like hippy dippy, but like, you know, elite <laughs> mentality, like, you know, the liberalism, like woke on steroids for the most part, although you find your tribe, right? The more that you shine your light brightly, the more that you all find each other. So this is why speaking truth is so important. Having these dialogues are critical, but uh, Jesus and in and, and my projection of, of the image, right? will come through like my amber salt lamp or through a, the formation of a cloud. And just when I need to be told all is well, right? Like just open my heart. Like, and it's, it, it sounds a little out there, but my listeners know like there is nothing too out there for, for me and what comes through. Right. But, but, and so I just, it's just been so beautiful because there's such a co-resonance in the undiluted love that the angels talk about that you're sharing here. That is the truth of who we really are. This is the divinity that let's just say the global cult. If we listen to David Icke's term, I mean, I don't say powers that be or powers that even were like, I won't give them that, but, um, this is what they're most afraid of is that we will remember who we are. So I want to move the conversation into that because it's such a perfect segue. You brought up Elena Danan. And uh, and I also, I, I came across her work through Alex Collier, as well as Dr. Michael Sala from Exopolitics on YouTube. And I was blown away that, I mean, I'd always heard things and I was, I was, I, ne I never was like so skeptical that I would just like shut it down, right. but it wasn't as present, right? As it is now. But I am curious, like just to expand on the conversation, you said something, I think on your podcast, and I'll, I'll say it verbatim, you know, if you don't understand the role of exopolitics, you won't understand what's really going on on planet right. Earth. Let's right. go there. Okay. So let's um, just go back to the Eisenhower era. Now they've been on here for a long time. It goes back to the Sumerians and the Elohim and all of that mm -hmm. stuff. So we've had uh, other people other than Terrans, and that's, of course, what Alex calls us, natives yes. of the earth. Although, you know, it's funny, in the beginning of COVID, I got a reading from this very ardent Catholic woman from the Midwest, but I loved her book, and it was sort of about her healing journey. So I called her up to get a reading, and she says to me, she goes, oh, I've never heard this before. Does this make sense to you? She goes, you came from a distant star system to lead an army of light. Does the Galactic Federation mean anything to you? I go, <laughs> I couldn't believe, she didn't even, you know. Wow. Anyway, so let's just say we're Terrans now, yeah. but there've been many, many other races. Well, back in the Eisenhower era, remember when he stepped down, he said, beware, 
the military industrial complex. And um, the other person who talks about that is uh, the Disclosure Project, that doctor. Um, so I've followed his work for a long time. And what he says is that the ETs like Area 51 and all of that came with uh, David, uh, Stephen Greer. Stephen Greer is the guy. Mm -hmm. The ETs came with technology like fiber optics and all of this stuff. And the global cult mm -hmm. did not want humanity to have this information because it would wipe out the bloodline families that are milking humanity for all they're worth. And that would be the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and the people who have funded both sides of all the wars. Mm -hmm. Now, Eisenhower got tricked, but he made a deal with what are called the gray aliens. It's a regressive species. And they said, well, you know, we need a few humans. Our race is dying out. We need a few humans for their DNA, but we won't hurt them. And so Eisenhower, in exchange for the technology that would make us not dependent on oil and gas or any of those things, in exchange, he said, okay, you can you can take a few humans. Now, so we have Elena Denon who was taken up on a ship. Uh, we have all these other people um, that all come together um, at the Galactic and Spiritual Informers Conference where I will be speaking October 20th in Orlando. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, and including, I, I've also met um, uh, Laura Eisenhower, his I great- I love her, yeah. Okay, so then in all this secrecy, all these people were getting abducted and told, you're crazy. And then we began to tell anyone who, who saw an ET or believed in any of it that they were crazy. That's how we did So they hid it in plain sight, as mm -hmm. Stephen Greer points out in his disclosure movies, which were crowdfunded. Now, Stephen goes to every government on planet Earth and realizes, oh my goodness, the presidents are not read into this agenda at all. Mm. It's a black ops operation that's out of the control of the elected officials and all of the rest of it, money laundering. And, and then, okay, then what do you realize? As I said on the five docs the other day, you know, what did you learn during COVID? And I said, oh, I learned that the world is run by a whole group of satanic pedophiles. Mm. So then, then you realize that's been going on because as Alex said, we have been a food source for this race. Now, uh, because of Space Force and Solar Warden, all the negative ones are off the planet at this point. They are no longer on the planet. The head of the Hydra has been cut off, but what we're dealing with is the hybrids. So mm -hmm. that have interbred with humanity. Mm -hmm. And that's who has taken over um, humanity. Now, Kennedy was killed because he was going to end the Federal Reserve. Mm -hmm. Federal Reserve is a completely illegal usury system that has enslaved every human in the United States and starting Not in about federal 19... and there's no reserve. So there is that, right. Mm -hmm. There's that. And also in 1933, they began to, I think it was 33, trade our birth certificates and our lifetime labor. So we all have a legacy account set aside yeah. worth 
millions. And that's what a bond is in a court. That's all your lifetime. It, when you discover that all courts are banks and mm. now all hospitals are jails yeah. ever since the Patriot Act. So mm. it's the last gasp of the old order. Humanity is going to ascend, period, end of story. Operation Looking Glass shows this. There's nowhere for these regressives to go. So what are they doing? They're pulling out all the stops. What do they feed on? Fear. That's right. They feed on fear, this lower oh, vibration. vibration. Mm -hmm. And so the more we're afraid, now notice, the mandates are coming back and now there's a new heiress is the new variant. And if you mm -hmm. look at it backwards, it's 5G, um, on and on and on and on. So the minute you just say, well, I'm not doing that. Yep. I'm not feeding them. It's over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's over. And then you do what you said, stay in the present, That's right. stay in the present. Is there a mandate walking down your street right now? No. And there's a lot of people. I know them who never wore a mask the first time around. That was me. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Never did. So cool. This is beautiful. And then what I love about Alex Collier, uh, who is an ET contactee many, many years back now, decades, over three uh, and he was like of the David Icke times, right? Everyone thought he was crazy. And it was a hard, hard time for him to take on that role and really honor the call. Um, but at the same time, now here he is, right? And so revered. It's like, yes. Um, but helping so many of us have understand how to connect the dots beyond planet Earth, right? So we're scanning all the way out. But can you speak to at least your interpretation or or understanding of how important it is that what happens here, we actually do make it this time because of how it impacts the upper densities and dimensions, and also because of the because of our DNA structure, right? What like is it's critical that we make it. And this is why the potency of, of who's awake and to how we are reaching each other and connecting with each other and banding together. It is, I think it's what is actually going to push us. It's the bridge to that heaven on earth reality and to our essential true nature. But that said, yeah, what are you hearing now about the ships that are surrounding earth and, and all of that that should give us a lot of hope and comfort? Not that it takes away from our own inner work, but it's to give us an awareness of this is a big show. Get the cop popcorn and do your, do your role, whatever that is for you. Yes, this is okay. <laughs> like now this is where, you know, there's certain things in the Bible that I love. And this is Ephesians. We were born for such a time as this. Mm. Absolutely. If you are here, you are here for the show and you mm. are here by choice. And I listened to Elena yesterday and she said, Star Wars mm. is a reenactment of the Orion Wars and the Black League. It's a channeled story. It really happened. And a bunch of us, this is what Alex says, 200 million of us came back from the future to right a great wrong. Mm. And that's why we are here now. Now, there's no question mm. we're going to make it this time. We're going to make it this time. We have genetic royalty. We yep. have um, all of these different races within our DNA. It's why everyone wants humanity. The, because Jesus said, these things and more you shall do also. Mm -hmm. Alex, I don't know if you ever heard him where he talked about um, the A's, he calls them, those are the yes, Andromeda. Yes. The A's, when they hear certain strains of music, they just can't believe mm -hmm. it. 
Humans have this ability to touch the hand of the divine. Beautiful words of wisdom. Thank you for that. I'm so grateful for your time. (laughs) Thank you so much. All right. Thank you for listening to Fire and Soul. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. And if you'd like to connect on social, you can find me anywhere at Michelle Sorrow. Or if you'd like to reach out to me directly, you can at fireandsoulpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.